with this guy I worked with last night. I mean, he hates me already. You know? I mean, uh, we start from a we start from a, a position of hatred, and we go as best we can. That you know, it's kind of weird like that. You seem distracted there. I'm looking, no, I'm looking at this for you Nan, guys to be I'm looking at this phone. Nan Martin. <laughs> I've got it. I've got the information here. Well, not all of it, but. Um. One, two, three, four. This podcast. Yeah. Welcome to the Golden Guys. I'm Ross Gruders. I'm Blake. I'm Dave. Dan Davis. I am SpongeBob, aka Pajama Unicorn. <laughs> You're sticking with that, huh? Welcome to season two, episode four of the Golden Guys. Uh, of course, the podcast inspired by the hit TV show, The Golden Girls. We'll get to talking about this episode. Uh, here in a minute, but uh, who wants to sum up without giving away too much? I don't know if that's possible. Um, so uh, the girls want to save um, a tree in their neighbor's yard. Um, their neighbor is a mean old lady, and uh, they have to try and kill her with kindness, um, convince her to save the tree. Sounds good. So this episode is... Uh, it's a miserable life, and uh, before we get to discussing it, let's go down uh, a list of current events between our last episode and this episode. Uh, we've got several weeks off in between, so we've got several events. I didn't notice anything too exciting. Uh, we, of course, had President Ronald Reagan around this time, and he met with Mikhail Gorbachev. Gorbachev. Uh, it's a Russian word. I don't know. Russian words, Israeli words, all impronounceable. This is the last time I'll mention sunken Russian nuclear submarines, but uh, apparently there was concern that this meeting was going to be sort of toxic because of this Russian sub incident. And uh, apparently uh, Reagan already being the person he is, it slipped his mind. He had 
Alzheimer's, of course, everybody knows this. And uh, <laughs> it didn't even come up in conversation because Reagan couldn't remember it. <laughs> uh, so, dodge that bullet. Uh, October 12th, Queen Elizabeth II and Prince Philip visited this country Ooh. for the first time. Um, so Queen Elizabeth, okay, first time visiting. Um, and this is 1986 still? Yes. Okay. Um, I'm going down to Dunkin' Enhance. I'm going to say um, that it is Ascension Island. Ascension Island, the British territory in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. Gibraltar? Not the Indian Ocean, not the, the what was the, uh, the island? You're thinking of North Sentinel Island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They North visited Sentinel. the North Sentinel Island. Yeah. <laughs> that would be <laughs> good. Yeah. Uh, no. It was not an island. It was not Gibraltar. It was, uh, I'll, I'll give a hint. It was uh, South Africa. That was my next guess. <laughs> it was a more uh, people's friendly place. China? Yeah. Wow. Yep, yep, yep. So, visit to China. Uh, four days later, the U.S. government shuts down, not related. Uh, <laughs> between Ronald Reagan, uh, a dispute between Ronald Reagan and the, uh, the House. The House at the time was heavily Democrat-dominated. Uh, Blake's nodding his head. Do you remember this? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I mean, Those were, uh, that was pre-Blake. Times. <laughs> I mean, this isn't the government shutting down. Is it always comes up in the press every few years? And luckily, that kind of thing made. doesn't happen anymore. The Republicans are like completely above that kind of yes. uh, tomfoolery. Well, and it yeah. happens quite frequently. So th this time, the government shut down. The dispute, as far as I can tell, and I didn't go too far down the rabbit hole, was over uh, welfare reform, and I have huh. trouble. <laughs> That's, I have trouble seeing Democrats ironic. stand up for that today, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so apparently Democrats stood up for uh, poor people in the 80s, go figure, and uh, the government shut down over it. And a lot of their demands or concessions were met, I believe. And again, I didn't look deeply into this, so my information could be uh, a little off. Point being... They were able to uh, make some compromises, keep a decent welfare package, and the government reopened two days later. And killed Clinton. Yeah. 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 Is that really the next time that happened? I don't yeah. know if that's the next time, but that is another time. Again, I think these ha things happen way more frequently well, I think than our memories. Well, like, that they kept a decent welfare, welfare package until Clinton came into office. Oh, gotcha. good, good point. I, mean, like, I, I, I was reminded of it just yesterday. You know, that <laughs> some of the things that were implemented there I'm, I'm dealing with right now. You know, like, uh, you have to, uh, uh, and I don't know how this falls on me, but somehow uh, I've got to sign papers that say that my son does work for me, otherwise uh, doesn't get his uh, Medicare. Really? Okay. Yeah. I, I thought mean, that they didn't have a work requirement for Medicare if you were disabled. Yeah. Yeah, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Jeez. That is absolutely well, cold shit. Mm -hmm. So what about just old people? Do they have to work too? Well, I don't think it has to do with disability. That's you can't be disabled. Not that's not Medicaid. That's not disability. Is it Medicare? Cause some, like, is, are you I talking Medicare, Medicare or Medicaid? Yeah, because Medicare like covers 
some whatever people. covers DHS, whatever covers uh, um, um, the state. Oh, that's or, that's Medicaid. Yes, that's Iowa Medicaid. DHS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Then, yeah. Then that's what it is. Okay. And that's going to be wow. state based, so I'm not sure that's a federal requirement. But um, but it's oof. the same. It's 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 what they. But point taken. Yeah. The, the Clinton administration did go through and and kind of decimate welfare as as we know it. I've got a welfare story of my own too. We can well, talk about the it. The thing there, is but, though yeah. that he does do work for you. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah, yeah. Yeah. A little bit. About yeah. twenty dollars a month. Work. <laughs> yeah. So also October sixteenth. Um, I'm not good with uh, non-Anglo-Saxon names. Wool Soy Inca. And I'm thinking Soy Inca is a great yeah, name for wo- today. Wole Soy, wole, wole, wole soy, Inca. soy Inca. Nigerian playwright and poet. He became the first African to receive this. Um, Nobel Prize for Literature. You looked that up, didn't you? No. I was, <laughs> uh, that was the most snarky thing I could think of at the time. That's not snarky at all. That's the he's the first African to receive the Nobel Prize for Literature. Well, totally like shitty do I feel that I didn't think that he would. <laughs> okay, we yeah. Uh, also October seventeenth. So amidst this government shutdown, somehow the U.S. Senate approved an immigration bill. It prohibited the hiring of undocumented uh, people, and it offered amnesty to undocumented people who entered prior. To 1982. So some of these come without context whatsoever. I, I didn't do a very good job of researching. This was three weeks uh, worth of, of news. Some of these are just headlines, again, without context. Russia expels five U.S. diplomats October 19th, 1986. IBM reforms in South Africa on October 21st, ni- October 21st 1986. I'm guessing that's post-apartheid. 1986? Yeah. Is that... Mm-mm, apartheid didn't end until the 90s. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Which, which I, IBM were we talking about? I, I assume we're talking about... International the, business the machines? IBM. Like the computer IBM. company? Yeah. Not some kind of... Are we sure that's not like a political party? Again, uh, it could be. I, I These come without context, so do some do some research if you're curious. Um, GuysIowa at gmail.com this, this is no shit October 21st 1986 The Republic of the Marshall Islands Signs a compact of free association With the United States It's it's worth noting today How exploited Pacific Islands are by this country And, and it's imperialist uh, uh, Military uh, Essentially used as just um, Bombing ranges Yeah bombing ranges training grounds Yeah it's a uh, pretty disgusting uh you had a movement in okinawa after uh soldiers decided to go out and and rape a, a gang rape a girl um, no not just once either that's like a this thing yeah it's like yeah it's basically like a sport in okinawa so like yeah just like go out and like like rape okinawan women mm-hmm. i always thought and like i just thought it was just like they done with impunity this was my well, assumption. Well, Bill but, has been protesting the, yeah. military pre- the U.S. military presence there for literally decades. And basically, the last time that it happened is a bunch of Marines, like, gang-raped, like, a 13-year-old girl. And so, finally, like, we're actually getting kicked out of Okinawa now because of that. Which, if I was Okinawan, I'd kick anybody out that wasn't Okinawan because Okinawa, Okinawa is like a tropical paradise. It's like... 
should be the number one tourist destination in that country. Well, I mean, there's a lot mm-hmm. of, like, racism that's internal to Japan, right? Because, like, the Okinawans are not considered Japanese by a lot of Japanese people even to this day because they were a separate chain of islands from the Japanese archipelago. They were called Ryukyu Islands, and they faced, like, significant amounts of racism and ethnic cleansing. You know, it's uh, similar to, like, the Ainu in the north of Japan, and, and they're still facing yeah. a lot of it today. Not well, fully they're, incorporated. They're obviously not Japanese. Mm. No. <laughs> Um, not fully incorporated into the Japanese uh, fold until the 17th century. Am I right about that? So Later. South they, South it's, Pacific it's, Islands, it, North Pacific well, yeah. Islands, Pacific Islands in general. Solidarity. Uh, I knew though, it's facial hair jealousy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. Because they can grow up. Those guys, that, yeah. that particular ethnic group. They're those white ba- cells. Those men white can cells. grow a badass beard, and they do. Yeah. They well, got the high T cells. cells. <laughs> they got, yeah. That's the thing with me, too, actually. They got the, the manly man thing going on. I got, so. I'm a wrist cell. I got skinny mm. wrist. <laughs> if you ever see in, like, the um, kung fu flicks, like, the archetype of the old, like, kung fu master with a beard, yeah, that is what a lot of these people look like when they let their beard grow. It's fucking awesome. Mm. Anyway, solidarity yeah. with... So, solidarity the to Pacific Islanders Islands, that uh, have been under siege for generations Hawaii by imperialist uh, and Okinawa. We're gonna end up with like twelve minutes that we can use. Niue. Where else? Uh, uh, West Papua, Free West Papua, West Palm, um, Free West Palm, West Palm. Yeah. Yeah. Where else? I don't know. Yeah, the Pacific. I don't know. So. October 24th, Great Britain dropped diplomatic relations with this Middle Eastern country. Jordan. Very close. Wait, who dropped? Great Britain. Okay, with this Middle East. Very close. Uh, Syria. Bingo. Uh, International Red Cross was kicked out of South Africa on October 25th, 1986. Um, You had the World Series going on during this time. Uh, I don't have a bag to give to Dan, thankfully. But uh, you had Michael Sergio, who parachuted into Shea Stadium during Game 6 of the World Series. And Game 6, incidentally, is uh, Game 6 of the 1986 World Series between the New York Mets and the Boston Red Sox is one of the most famous games and infamous games of of all time. And basically, it was the biggest, I don't want to say error, because I don't blame the person who made the error. I blame the manager who left the guy in, because he shouldn't have been in the game, but the, the manager made one of the biggest mistakes ever, and it cost Boston a world championship as Bill Buckner, uh, the ball rolled between Bill Buckner's legs because he was old, he had bad knees, and McNamara left him in the game way what too long. What did he ages? Well, I mean, he, he shouldn't have been in there. He, he wasn't defensively the, the best player they could have had on the field at that time, and uh, he was left in the game simply because the manager felt like he should be able to stay on the field and celebrate the win with his teammates. Instead, they lose game six, they go on to lose game seven, and the Mets uh, are world champions uh, during this period, and Boston has to wait another two decades. Did this dude literally parachute in? Uh, Michael Sergio parachuted into Shea Stadium again. Without context, I don't I don't <laughs> know that... I, yeah. We don't know that he didn't. Yeah, I mean... Part of a Brazilian. I like uh, these sort of disembodied <laughs> like yeah. uh, headlines without me really investigating no, 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 much. No, I'm with it. It's 
Um, the lack of context makes it more um, interesting. Yeah, we, we just get to let our imagination sort of run wild with it. I think he was a trumpet player, I remember. <laughs> yeah. I think he was probably protesting the, the demolition of a Queen's uh, uh, park that had some old oak trees. Right, right, right. Um, <laughs> British government deregulates financial markets. You got like so much English shit in this one. In was, a big bang. Uh, and it uh, enhances London's status as a financial capital uh, capital while increasing income inequality. So obviously, deregulation, financial markets, not a new thing. Happened in the 80s. Happened under uh, Maggie Thatcher. May she rest in hell. And, uh, She's smiling up at us. Yeah, yep. Fan of the show, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I wouldn't say friend of the show, but yeah. no, no. we had a couple of listens from down there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm I'm gonna stop there. That's enough. We're we're into late October. Close enough. Movies. Movies. Okay. What do we have here? Um, let's get Harry. Uh, I don't know what any of these are either. Ooh, that made no money. Wow. Yeah, that fucking. Oh my god. Tank. The first one's a pretty big one though. Let's. The color, the color of, of money. money. Yeah, who's in that? No, I've heard Isn't of that. Isn't that Richard Newman? It's a movie. Jackie Gleason in that one. Soul Man was that a sequel to Blues Brothers? Hmm. No, that. You know what? I really wish I would have looked some of these up, because that is a weird like race politics movie. It's a, oh. It's a far, no, it's a farce comedy. Yeah, yeah. it's like a, a white dude becomes black or something or. <laughs> A black um, dude becomes white. I don't know. Oh I can't remember. Wasn't that Trading Places, though? Yeah, it was Trading Places. Uh, I, I'd just like to say that on Halloween, an action movie called Let's Get Harry came out, and it made $140,000. Oh, that's mm. the that's the prequel to uh, uh, Dirty Harry. Is it? No. No, that surely would have made... Oh, no. Dirty Harry no. had been... Okay, what are you looking at? Uh, Oh my God! No, you're right. You're right, Ross. You're right about. I know now. I'm right. I know I'm right. I, <laughs> Mark I C. Watson, it. who's pay, who's played by this like Matthew Broderick type, you know. It made twenty-seven million dollars. Um, has been accepted to Harvard Law School, but his dreams are dashed when his parents withdraw financial support. In desperation, Mark chemically darkens his skin and wins a full scholarship intended for black students. Oh my God! <laughs> uh, what results is a series it's of comic Abby misadventures. Movie. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna have to give some context yeah. for non-Iowa people who don't realize. Sorry, wait, yeah, no, yeah. I like conflated her name with the name. Like, that was cool no. to her for no reason. Ra- I, that was Rachel Dolezal. Rachel Dolezal. With the name of the woman, uh, the Texas Tech student with the Supreme Court case. Uh, she was like, I didn't get in because I'm white. And they uh, went to the Supreme Court about it. Remember? Her name was Abby yeah. something or other. Abby Normal. <laughs> it was anyway. just a few years ago. Yeah. It wasn't Abby Finkenauer. She didn't do anything to do with this. Um, but <laughs> it, could you make that movie today? It results in a series of comic misadventures, including romantic entanglements that explode stereotypes. Um, ah, suddenly, and, and about with his conscience, he learns his clever trick denied a far more deserving student a scholarship. On his day of reckoning, Mark makes restitution and leaves everyone in the school a little changed by the experience. I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, yes, you could make that film yeah, today. Probably. <laughs> yeah, probably. I'm going to say no. no. I, it's, no. You could make it today, but you couldn't make it four years ago. 
I, yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> you couldn't yeah. make it today. No, either. I think that's right. I think that's right. Mm-hmm. Why, why couldn't you make it today, Bob? Well, because uh, SpongeBob. Uh, it's too close to the real trauma of the uh-huh. moment. Uh-huh. You can't have a movie. It's not uncanny enough. There has to be a comfortable distance. We had mm-hmm. fucking nine eleven movies like two years later, dude. I'm sorry. We, I mean, we had we had the Iraqi war movies well, when the yeah. Iraqi war was going on. Yeah, but that wasn't traumatic. Well, it still like, is going. Like on. that was just. <laughs> it, I mean, war. we're we're just in such a consolidated like everything is coming so much faster. I think that maybe was true of, of art and entertainment at one time. Okay. That you had to have a, a significant amount of time in the rearview mirror. He's not talking about I'm, time, though. This I think a, he is. This isn't a temporal measure, right? Well, I was just saying that uh, uh, if, if, I mean, it's not entertaining unless the uh, uh, temporal uh, um, tragedy okay. has transpired enough to where mm. people are comfortable. I think that was true in the Vietnam era. Not true today. I think I think things have well, just I think, become I think compressed. it's just because just because yeah, uh, no, it no, isn't I'm just pr- compression though. Uh, if if what you say is true, then uh, um, it, it is uh, uh, what it is is that the trauma no longer exists. In other words, in the postmodern time, uh, 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 the meaning has been drained. We we were perceived to have been in a post civil <laughs> rights struggle America, at least in places like Hollywood. We are perceived to be in a post-civil rights struggle America. One could make a light-hearted blackface comedy about, quote, affirmative, affirmative action. Thank you. But, you know, uh, uh, um, and the, right now there's, there is a, a, a traumatic feeling, though, that, that uh, affirmative action itself is at stake. And it just wouldn't be entertaining. Well, uh, because it'd be too, it's, it's still a real-life trauma that is transpiring at the moment. I just don't think anyone would pay to see that it, unless you were a racist. It was, the, it was then, though, too, right? Well, well no. We was, just had on Netflix, we had, like, uh, what's, firm, what's the, 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 uh, the, the, the comedy series on Netflix uh, about race? Oh, 13th? No, no, no. Oh, no. comedy series. Uh, well, it's um, kind of comedy. That's what I'm talking about. What, what is it? It's, it's yeah. not even comedy. It's it's more like a, any one of these other uh, sort of millennial geared towards yeah, dear white no people. What, dear okay. white people. Oh. Never it, watched that. I don't yeah. watch it. I don't either. See but how like, entertaining this is? <laughs> it's, it's, but dear white people is an example of something right in the middle of a Black Lives Matter moment where they're having this kind of entertainment where... Okay. Uh, it it is it is ha- I mean things are just that that compressed now yeah. that, that I don't think yeah. I think those those barriers have long since been eroded. Yeah. Um, I think there is something to what you say. Okay, but the thing is, it isn't a top-grossing Hollywood blockbuster. Twenty-seven million, yeah. Twenty-seven million is probably more than uh, this thing's making on Netflix. Yeah, I I don't know how to quantify Netflix. I mean it. I mean, no Bob. One does. They don't want you to know. Well, entertainment. I bet's another thing. I mean, we're kind of like really going off on a tangent, but like entertainment is so balkanized now. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. And I think that's good. Like, in my opinion, that's good, right? There's there's less gatekeepers. You can have more entertainment. No, no, it's actually balkan. <laughs> <laughs> not, not good. Like, we're, talking, we're balkan here. I'm talking. <laughs> yeah. We're talking right wing. You know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's uh, actually murderous dictators. Th- there's actually a, a, a 
a genocide of entertainment occurring right before our very eyes. Pretty much. <laughs> and no oh. one's speaking up about it. Okay. They came for our comedians. <laughs> right, right. No Nobody, one said anything. anything. They they came for our uh, our leading men. Yeah. No one said anything. They came for our podcasters. Yeah. Look, and then all I'm for, saying is Soul Man. The 1986 comedy film starring a Matthew Broderick type is the white genocide of our entertainment. Like, that's it. We but, were way funnier before this current uh, political situation. <laughs> well, yeah, like, I we, mean... We're pretty fucking dark now. <laughs> I mean... I mean, dark comedy is a thing. No, but Somebody's like, laughing. But we're not comedy. Like, we're just, we're just fucking depressed. In, be- in between hits of Xanax and, like, uh, uh, slitting wrists. Uh, and actual is. fear of the police. Yeah. That's movies, folks. Take it from us. Pop culture. Rolling Stone. Spin Magazine. Uh, this should be uplifting. All yeah. I know is we got a Cindy Lauper song coming up, and I'm going to lobby hard for Cindy. Oh, I I not, no, dude, you're last year, man. You, all your shit was 85. God damn it. it this is, we're, so we're entering a really dark period. 86 and, was rough. And it's a black spot for me because you, you said I brought up a lot of British stuff, and I really did. I was in Britain in, in this period during the 80s. And so there's a whole cultural black hole I have of American culture from like 86 to 89. Like most of it I know nothing about because I was not here stateside. There's a podcast that I listen to, You Don't Know Mojack, which Mojack is an SST band. These guys are going through, one by one, every single release on SST and doing an episode of this podcast about it. Whether it's a double LP or a seven-inch single, it's, of course, a much better podcast than we've got going. But I think I, I would like to find out like anything that came out on an alternative label you know, that like sold... I mean, things that came out this year, like Bad Brains had stuff come out in 86. They weren't Billboard Hot 100. Uh, Rolling Stone, November the 6th, we've got Tina Turner, Frank Zappa, The Rainmakers, and Tim Buck 3. <laughs> and on the cover was... Can you take a wild guess? Billy Joel. Yeah, you saw. <laughs> Billy Joel, uh, 86. Significantly after Uptown Girl. That was up, that was up, well, it was that period. Was it? Oh, God, the Billy Joel syndrome period. Yeah. Yeah. Billy Joel, The Good Life with Christy Brinkley, A New Baby, A Hit Album. How'd that work out for And a Coke problem that we weren't talking about. Yeah. And then your friend and mine, PJ O'Rourke in Poland. Fuck PJ O'Rourke. And this is what we, we are actually, we're now going through our Rolling Stone shift to the right. P- PJ is PJ is fascist, dude. He's softened in his later years, dude. He would take he would take oh, the he, iron heel to your neck. He was a a, a, a right wing asshole. Okay, but he, he did write. The National Lampoon used to be a thing, uh-huh. and uh, he's uh, originally you know part of the original National Lampoon, and he uh, sort of uh, uh, been drifting to the right you know through this period and. And just has been kind of a right wing gadfly the whole forty years since. Although he's on wait, wait, don't tell me, and he's really funny on that. Yeah. And and I do contend. Well, sure, he's smart and quick of wit, but I do contend that with without National Lampoon, PJ O'Rourke never never no we, we, we would never heard of him. And uh, his 
point of view, his worldview in this period is definitely right-wing, and the only thing that makes him quote-unquote cool compared to Reagan is he thinks that weed is okay. He's your proto-libertarian. I mean, like, he was back then what libertarians are now, which is uh, no taxes, more weed. If he was coming up today, he'd be a proud boy comedian. Oh, God. Nah, that's no shit. So P.G. O'Rourke in Poland, behind the vodka curtain, the Bob Newhart craze, <laughs> why everyone's laughing, <laughs> the fall's hippest movies, down by law and round midnight. Hey. For the November issue of Spin Magazine, we're like uh, we're featuring in Rolling Stone things like Boston. '86 was the year the smoking was banned on all public transport. Hmm. Where? Everywhere in the United States. In '87, '86. To show how totally hipper Spin Magazine was than Rolling Stone. Who is on the November '86 Rolling Stone? Billy Idol. Oh, Billy or Joel. Billy Joel. Okay, and who is on the November? Spin Magazine. November 1986. Here comes Johnny Yen again with liquor and drugs. Really? Yeah. Iggy Pop is on Spin Magazine. Iggy wow. Pop, really? We've got fucking Billy Joel and PJ O'Rourke on the, one on, hand. on the one hand. On the other hand, we have Iggy Pop, his first interview in four years. A, mm, I don't know if he's sober looking, but at least <laughs> not nodding out. Iggy Pop. Mm -hmm. He's not completely emaciated. Uh, he's got some. He's definitely got the uh, the yeah, blue, cheeks. blue steel. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Zoolander. Yeah, that does that does look like Zoolander. <laughs> totally does. It looks like Ben Stiller given the pouty face. Burning down the house. House music in Chicago. Oh wow. Yeah, this is not P.J. O'Rourke, folks. Dude, this is Spit not magazine. Was it? This is not Boston. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, Elvis Costello rare photos, Junkyard Band, Cro-Mags, Mr. Ed, John Candy, Richard Thompson, Deadhead Crisis, some helpful suggestions. <laughs> <laughs> Richard Hell and Legs McNeil rolling on the river. <laughs> so, that is a random snapshot of. Two sides of American pop culture. So, pop music. So, this is the uh, Billboard Hot 100 for November the 1st, 1986. Janet Jackson, When I Think of You. It's week two of two. Then we've got the Billboard 200 LPs. Boston, third stage. Week three of four. Rock, Huey Lewis and the News. Hip to be square. We are like really going through it's totally bland, plain vanilla, payola laden period in pop music. Adult contemporary. Anybody? Toto, uh, and it's a song you haven't heard of. So that's uh, Rosanna? No. Okay. That's how lame this is. Oh my god. It's not Africa or Rosanna. No, no. What song is it? I'll be over you. And it's week two of two. Yeah. Oh. We have we're entering in like a super shit period in high dollar pop music. Meanwhile, can I just say, when I was in England, I was discovering bands like Jesus and Mary Chain, um, The Smiths. Uh, if you could come up next time around with the NME. That's not a bad idea, is if we, we looked at the British mm -hmm. charts as opposed mm -hmm. to the American charts during this period, because I think we'd well, find British better, music was like way better music. was more vital at this time. Yeah. You know? well, originally, the whole point by doing Billboard was to show how lame the 80s was, but I'm kind of getting burned out on that. Mm -hmm. 
Well, and, and there were some legit good songs in there. We could e- pick out a gem or two as we were doing that. Too. I suppose my big point on most of this originally was how crap the radio was at the time. Because this is really the shit you're going to hear on the radio. Because video killed the radio star. Yeah. And MTV was full of this crap. There was like maybe a couple of English bands. But pretty much, uh, well, I don't know. Well, my mom says like, as someone who remembers, she was saying at the early part of the reason that like, you know, New Wave happened, like the American version of New Wave, which meant something totally different in America than in Britain. Part of the reason it happened is because they already had video music shows in Britain and so a lot of the bands that were being played on MTV when it first came out were British bands because they had videos already. Variety shows. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's, I can think of records that came out in 1986. I believe like This Nation Saving Grace by The Fall, like one of my favorite albums of all time. Was Beastie Boys 86 or was that 87? That's coming up. That's, yeah. well no, actually that just, that happened. We covered Beastie Boys. I think we talked about it already. Because yeah. I think I shared my story where I melted my Beastie Boys album on a yeah. radiator. Beastie Boys happened and, uh, over the summer. And so, yeah, License Deal came out in summer of 86. Although I don't think these things hit the pop charts until early 87. Because like sure. my, my yeah. senior year of high school would have been 87. And that's when girls fight for your right to party. Actually, like that, was, that might show up on the top 40 later on. Hot hip-hop R&B. Gregory Abbott, Shake You Down, week two of two. Mm. Hot Country, Exile, I'll Be Me. Dance Club, The Human League, Human, week two of three. I mean, I like The Human League, but I'm always, obviously, hoping for Don't You Want Me. Um, Sushi and the Banshees. Wait, no, this was Sushi and the Banshees. Is that a, a cover, know. like a cover it's band or Susie? I've only ever seen it in writing. I've you know, never there's heard got anyone. there probably is a cover band. That'd be Sushi awesome. And Sushi and the Banshees. Um, well, a parody cover band. My my thing that I'm kind of like slightly into. Okay, never mind. Is uh, <laughs> it's okay, all, Blake. All female cover bands of male bands. Yeah. There's Motor Girl. That's an all female. Motorhead, like motorhead. Band. Dope. That is cool. And they're, you can find them on YouTube. They're Does badass. Sing like Lenny or like. Yeah. Oh my god. And there's uh, AC DC and Hell's Bells. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's and Hell's Bells with an E. Yeah. Yeah. They only do Bon Scott AC DC. Oh. You can okay. find them on YouTube, and they're amazing. Yeah. Cool. That's a rabbit hole I didn't know that existed. I might have to check uh-huh. that out sometime. But um, I can't lobby for any of this. I think I'm going to go with Gregory Abbott, Shake You Down, um, because it's got to be better than everything else, because it's... The Human le- League is good. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm, I want to use my lifeline. Photo <laughs> <laughs> friend, photo friend. I'm going to go with Cindy Lauper here. Just you know. That's, again, a year before. I think we covered that. I messed that up. Oh, okay. So... I just can't believe we're not even getting, like, on the hip-hop charts. Like, we got, uh, you know, a Run DMC track, but we're not even getting, like, Bust a Move or something, you know? Bust a Move's much later. Yeah. That's, like, 90s. No. No, I want to say, no, that that is 90. Yeah. Really? Okay. Was Funky Cold Medina and Love? That was was early. That that was late 80s. That was 88, 89, somewhere in there. You down with OPP? That's, yeah, that's 90s. the 90s, yeah. No, it wasn't. Here's human. Yes, it was, no, for it sure. Wasn't. It was on the 100 Greatest Songs of the 90s, Bob. Ah, <laughs> I don't believe it. <laughs> Couldn't get away with that shit in the <laughs> 80s. 
Anybody recognize this? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I'm only human. Yeah, I hated this it's song. Not good. It's I not the best song. human league song. Yeah, it's no, it's a good song. I think this is one. I think this is worth yeah, putting that in. Was fine, no, yeah. no, no, no. No, that's good. That's good. That's worth putting in. Get no, to the the the, no, no, the no. course well, and put it in. Hip to be square. Everyone knows what that is. Let's do the. I like hip to be square. Human league, human league. We got two votes. Thank you for supporting I me for can't. my vote Bob, for human league. Bob, vote no, for can't. human league. All right, whatever. No. Yep. Three. We three, still have to be square. I like hip to be square. Yeah, we got two for hip to be square. If we put in the human league, I will personally perform all of "Don't You Want Me" right now. Don't That's you fine. Want me, baby. I was working as a waitress in a cocktail. What is this garbage? This is Toto. This is Toto. I'll be over you. This is a total snooze fest. <laughs> This is like, pretty much why people listen to K-Rock, 91X, and any other... Like, if you're 40, uh, like, no, I, I, that would be offensive. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. That's why, like, you know, there were, no. quote-unquote, alternative uh, radio stations. We got K-Rock on the one end of the spectrum, the new wave-ish stuff, oh. and KNAC, like, like the speed metal. This is for, for boomers this, that finally got yeah. their psych meds straight. Exactly. Yeah, only <laughs> that's why you, like... If you were 45 years old at the time, this is what you put on to like romance your wife, except for she pretended to be asleep because she thought you were so <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I know a good. It was the same um, year, say me. Yeah. Say it together. That was last year. Shake You Down by Gregory Abbott. Here we go. Human League. Human League. Uh uh. This, this is a, a good song. song. Yeah. R&B. It's basically the, uh, the, the race music gets like, pretty <laughs> oh, much yeah, yeah, lumped yeah. together. I mean, this is this is too white for R and B. Oh God! No, keep playing it. <laughs> <laughs> There's a stalker vibe going on here. That was a thing in the but 80s. But even then I knew I'd find a much stop better Stop it. You stop that. <laughs> even with or without Does anybody you. Does ha- anybody here besides me have Google Music? No. no. Okay. Hip to be square. That's why we have to go on Spotify so and... I can make some playlists that I can actually give to people. <laughs> you know, I came up, I've got a, like... No, do, do not share that. That was bad enough you subjected me to that while we were driving okay. to Chicago. So I've got this 40... Okay, I had a stalker uh, playlist... Oh God! No, and it actually—it's like just the ultra stalkerific. It's pretty creepy. I was pretty proud of myself. How, what, what, what constitutes a stalker? Um, okay, <laughs> so this is this is that the, song we just listened to the opening. Oh. Yeah, this is irrelevant. This isn't gonna make the thing, but it's okay. Songs so about stalking. My vision for this tape was okay. Oh, you so read my mind. You've got a, you, yeah, a mixtape that. You make for this person that you're kind of not exactly stalking, but you would stalk. And, like, you get up the nerve to give them this tape, and you're like, there's some, like, slightly intentionally stalkerific stuff on it. Uh, Mm -hmm. You kind of try to be, like, cheeky. And side A is kiss, and side B is tell. And then he, she, they actually says, well, you know what, I have a tape I've made for you but I never thought I'd give it out of opportunity to give it to you 
and it, side A says suicide, and side B says packed. <laughs> That's good. I was I was creeped out enough to almost swerve into oncoming traffic while we were listening to it. Yeah, it sounds pretty. Don't the fear brutal. the rapers on there, right? No. Don't fear the raper. <laughs> <laughs> don't feel the reaper. Don't feel the reaper. Yeah, but this is more like, okay. I jo- the joke was that when I was playing this to Ross, I said if I were sixteen and mm-hmm. some chick gave me this tape, it'd be into the suicide pack time. Oh, okay. But mm-hmm. uh, okay, human week, human. Yeah. You guys win. No, no, no. no. You're casting your vote for human. Horrible. Yeah, because All the right. rest of this is absolute shit. We've done Huey Lewis before. Price of a gas a gallon, gallon of gas Honestly, was ninety three cents. Huey Lewis is, really is what was wrong with top forty radio <laughs> in the eighties. Yeah, and even top forty R and B was shit. Yeah, mm. yeah, for the most part, except for like. Uh, the Odd Prince record here and there. Yeah, oh. I mean, this is what happened. Now, well, now you're getting sort into of subjectivity the, 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 This period of the 80s seems to be sort of what happens when uh, the gatekeepers of entertainment and, and culture uh, are, are monopolized. They have complete control of, of the market, and Wait, man, there's, they always there's did. no way to break through that. Okay, well, I just saw the Joan Jett movie. It, yeah. it, it did film festivals and now it, and it's on like any kind of pay-per-view thing. Um, I saw it on Amazon, and honest to God, there was a policy in the '80s. I think she was talking about when I Love Rock and Roll came out, right? Yeah. Only one chick lead singer per hour. That was a policy per hour on the radio. On the radio in most markets in the country, only one chick lead singer song. Per hour was a policy at Top 40 Radio. I want to say probably like, not 91X, probably not K Rock, probably not KUNI when they're playing their like college radio stuff instead of classical. The Thursday night music that comes on at seven, right? But that's what not just you, you realize know, it's very programmatic what you just said. What? Comes on Thursday night at seven. <laughs> Not that though. Not that. <laughs> you know, I mean, college radio probably yeah, played but... more than one female lead singer. Well, yeah, yeah. And but... like the, you know, the. Uh... We're talking about though, and you know, you're 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 edging up to is the formulaic, you know, uh, 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 aspect of pop music. Yeah, you're gonna. Yeah, but you're gonna hear at, on KLOS and on KGGO, right? Here in uh, Des Moines, in 1986, you're probably going to hear Van Halen. You're probably going to hear gonna the hear same yeah. ten songs that you would still hear today. Yeah, you were going to hear Toto, uh, and uh, you're probably going to hear Huey Lewis. Uh, he died. Today. George Thorogood would probably be mixed in there. Fuck yeah, though. I'm never going to complain about that. No. <laughs> yeah. I saw him live. It was one of the best oh, shows I've seen. Indifferent. But yeah, you, you, you'd hear shitty George Thorogood songs. Like, you'd hear like Bad to the Bone. And or, the nine or Beer time. Liquor or whatever the fuck that mm-hmm. bullshit whiskey. One bourbon, one scotch, one beer, man. Oh, that's whatever. a good song. Yeah, that's one of the greatest rock that's songs song. of all time. They're, they're, yeah. Along with I Drink Alone. Yeah. 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 Thorogood is, is good. I guess you're not a fan. No. Yeah. I prefer to be by myself. Mm-hmm. Songs about drinking are, are just 
they're cheap. 1986, okay? Uh, uh, Non-formulaic music. Uh, Non-top 40 music underground. Big Black. Songs about fucking. Okay? Well, I mean, even top 40 music was were songs about fucking. No, like, no, no. That That's the record. Yeah, yeah. There's a record. Big Black. Songs about fucking. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. And, you know... Who was the lead singer? Cock? Steve <laughs> Albini. Anyway. That's we're, all I got. We're losing it here. We're losing yeah, it. Yeah, we're losing it. We're, I've lost the plot. So that's top 40 music. Here we go with the Human League. Human. So many. Hey folks, welcome back to the Golden Guys. I just, uh, I just want to say that was not my song. <laughs> that was not my choice of song. Shut up. The Human League is under not protest. My band. <laughs> um, yeah, but I'm the Blake hashtag resistance. Huey Lewis in the news again. <laughs> hashtag resistance. Whatever. Yeah. You're, you're just as effective. Mm. Uh, should we talk about the episode? Uh, so it's a miserable life episode four of season two of the Golden Girls. Uh, one of the funniest ones I've seen. Well, this is the fourth one out of this season. This is the this is the funniest one so far. I don't think this one was that tight. Actually, it fell flat for me. Yeah, fell flat. For me. flat yeah. I thought it, I thought it was that. Okay, you laughed so hard you almost choked. You're right. I took a drink at the time. A particularly funny joke was was it, this told. was this might hey, not have been worth it. That's this wasn't it. the tightest plot, but I think this was the funniest. Yeah, it I, might have been cheap one-liners, but this was the funniest. Yeah, there was a lot of cheap one-liners, and and it is, uh, you know, some of our I think theme here is some of the best shows that we like are written by Barry and Mort, and this one was. Uh, yeah. it, was there a subplot? I don't think no, there was a subplot whatsoever. The funeral director was, was great. I mean, I, I you know, lived something like that. Yeah, we'll have to get... Spoiler alert. Yeah. Uh, so the episode opens. Why don't you take it away, Paige? Sure, I can do it this time. So basically the episode opens with the girls are taking petitions around to be signed. It turns out they're trying to save a 200-year-old oak tree from being cut down by the city, and it's on the property of a mean old biddy. Biddy? That's a little bit... Uh, I don't know, misogynistic. I'm a woman, I can say it. Uh, Hashtag property rights. I don't know. You're kind of reinforcing stereotypes there. I want to say she's got a right to cut that tree down. And right. Uh, I mean, it is on her property, unless there's an ordinance prohibiting trees of a certain age to be... It violates the non-aggression principle. Well, they were they wanted to wipe the street. The yeah, but there, there are companies that will come out and they will cut down a tree and like cut dimension lumber. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, that's. I mean, she should have just had somebody come out, so, come out with a mobile truck, yeah. and mill it. And she mixes she mixes her her labor uh, with the tree, um, thereby you know. Oh, it's her capital. Her capital, yeah. someone else's labor. I'm trying to, yeah, I'm trying to like 
do that. I'm and then burn it out in the yard because she can. Yeah. Actually, she probably couldn't in, in Miami. But. Yeah. Uh, so the girls are getting petition signatures. Uh, they're doing a pretty effective effort uh, other than maybe uh, Blanche, who gets a whopping one signature because... But that was... No, I would argue that, like, those are high-value signatures. Like, <laughs> she's, I mean... She was really sealing the deal. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And we'll, I think you, we'll imp- get to that. It but. was implied, I think, that she actually slept with this one. Yes. Yeah. Well, and she said well, she had well, to fresh it up, change her clothes, and go back out yeah. and get a second signature. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and this was sort of a... We'll get there, but this was a death episode with a ton of sex references. Oh, it's 50-50. I, I, yeah, I got about 50-50 as well. Um, but I do think the overarching premise, and we'll get there, was death, yeah. was death. It just had a lot of sex references thrown in. Uh, she, Yeah, and once again, in this uh, scene where she's talking about the one signature, um, she makes a reference of this argument being a shoe-in because she slept with at least two of the commissioners. Yeah. And one of those commissioners was uh, played by Johnny uh, Hare. Uh, he was in MASH, Annie Hall. He was a voice of several Decepticon jets and Transformers. Uh, so uh, you, you've got that. And, and he gives the, the one-liner that we'll get to during the public hearing to mm-hmm. save this tree. Uh I'm a little light on plot notes here because yeah. there really wasn't so, much like, to it. Yeah, like basically Rose says, oh, Mrs. Claxton, whose property the tree's on, like she won't sign the petition. And so the other girls are just going to continue with the normal petition. And Rose is, she thinks, and they're like, she's never going to sign it. She's mean. She's awful. Everybody hates her. Like she's a terrible person. And Rose thinks she just needs kindness. So Rose thinks she's won her over with prune danishes. After... Other Danishes. After she turned down apricot and cheese Danishes, she wanted a prune Danish. Like, maybe she just needed to be regular that and she week. she took two. Yeah. And there was a prune joke that, that yeah. Sophia yeah. dropped. Yeah, and um, so, you know, this woman says she's going to help him, but she comes down and she tells the city to, like, cut down the tree and I hate it. And she's mean and nasty to every single one of the girls. And finally, Rose just can't deal with it anymore. But before we get there, I'm cutting you off, Paige. Sure. I'm going to let you finish, but she actually did play, like, one of the nastiest people I've seen on film. I think you, mm-hmm. uh, at one point, said, I think she was the Wicked Witch. Yeah, but, like, you, but, but, but that would have been the 30s, and that's way off. Yeah, it, it is way off. I think she got her start in closer to the 50s, so... Uh, but one of the things she does in that public hearing is she she talked about how her neighbors, the girls, she'd spy on them, like peeping Tom them mm-hmm. to the point where she had nude photos of Blanche. Yeah. She didn't say photos. She did Later too. on, she yeah. did. Yeah. Because she threatened she threatened oh, yeah. Blanche, and then that's yeah. where the commissioner, yeah. played yeah. by Johnny uh, Hayer, says, uh, you don't have any other faces in those photos, do you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, in the lobby, she just said she's been, like, peeping on them with binoculars. Yeah, in the hearing, it comes out illegal. that she's got photos. And, and she calls Blanche the human slinky. Yeah, yeah and it's yeah. bad enough to where Ma actually makes an exorcist reference, like, about her uh, vomiting, you know, green He's gunk and spinning. Her spinning her, yeah. I mean, she is a nihilist, but, like, the most extreme caricature of a nihilist, which I thought was kind of hot. <laughs> I was into it. Like, a little leather, and I'm down. So, like, so she's 
she's mean and nasty to everybody. She's a horrible person, right? And she's being mean and nasty about cutting the tree down and, like, disrupting. And sweet little Rose has finally had enough, and she's yelling at her to shut the hell up. And uh, she goes over to her, and she's like, you know, you can just sit down. If you're not bothered, just sit down and let us do our own thing. And if you do like, uh, don't like it, then you can just drop dead. And... Which she subsequently did. <laughs> Literally happens. Yeah. Is that when the, the iced coffee came out your nose? Yeah. No. 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 Not yet. No. I, I, that was a, f- a funny moment, but no, that's not what happened. So what's weird to me, actually, is that like I thought that the episode was subsequently going to be all about how Rose thinks that she killed the woman, and everybody's trying to make Rose feel better for killing her. But um, no, they're piling on. They're piling on. Like she doesn't. She feels bad, but that's not what it's about. And they're all just like in every scene, someone says that Rose killed her. This is. Can we talk about too? Let's get celebrity references in here. I know I mentioned The Exorcist, but uh, the commission right before they had the hearing to save this oak tree didn't approve. Did you write this in your notes? Did you? Put this as one of your celebrity oh, references. Oh yeah, a yeah. Menudo, Menudo yeah. Outdoor, yeah. outdoor concert. Yeah, yeah. There's also a Godfather concert. reference. Yes. There was, there was there Why Do Fools Fall in Love reference. There was uh, Churchill Yalta, uh-huh. Sicily. That's how we do it in New York. Yeah. Uh, National Velvet. Uh, it went, which is, <clears throat> which, you know, Tatum O'Neill flick, <clears throat> in reference to cutting off the. The Godfather reference yeah. and the National Velvet. So now we're like to each other. The Cosby Show was referenced. Yeah. Alka-Seltzer. Superman. Vanna White. Vanna White. Did you catch the Tommy Lasorda? I did. Yeah, yeah. That was pretty good. And well, well, it, it's kind of interesting because Tommy Lasorda wouldn't have been managing in the World Series during that time, although he could have been managing a, a game. Uh, I don't even give a shit about baseball. Even I caught that one. Yeah, yeah. That was pretty good. And we'll get there to when that happens because I thought it was pretty funny. TV Guide was the only product I found in this one. Alka-Seltzer. TV Guide and Alka-Seltzer. Yeah, I missed that one. Yep. So we got two. They're they're starting to get kind of light on the product placement. I think at this point they're starting to maybe try to shake people down for (laughs) mentions. uh, And, you know, reference the grocery store with absolutely no product placement Mm -hmm. whatsoever last Mm -hmm. episode. I do want to say quickly too. Let's let's talk about uh, our antagonist a, a little bit. Frida Claxton was played by Nan Martin, and she's best known for the Drew Carey show, Mrs. Louder. Oh God, okay, yeah, yeah. I I would say she's best known for that, but maybe that's because that's more of our our time frame of reference. Um, she's been in uh, such works as A Nightmare on Elm Street Three, Shallow Hal. Castaway. I kind of looked it up. I, I, I noticed it mentioned she was married to Harry Gessner, so I thought that might be another actor, and it wasn't. He's a somewhat prominent architect in, in Southern California, but her children are all in the acting business, all kind of journeyman uh, actors, uh, wor- you know, just kind of working class. This woman must have worked uh, six days a week. I mean, I, I, I looked at her I rap bet, sheet. I bet. And it, it was long. And, and her kids are the similar way. And one thing I noticed is her kids would concurrently be, so, for example, they'd be in the uh, Barry Fanaro uh, project, uh, help me out, the bowling movie. Uh, Kingpin. Kingpin, thank you. 
so, so yeah, yeah. Kingpin was uh, same writer as this writing team for this episode, and this woman, his huh. her kids ended up in Kingpin. So I got to think those relationships sort of stack on top of each other, and it sort of becomes what's what's the right word here. There is synergistic? Yeah. Well, I mean, synergistic. There's a lot of crosstalk. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, what do you call Hollywood. it when the family is uh, involved? Nepotism? Ne- nepotism. Thank you. How come I couldn't come up with the word for nepotism? Wow. The brain is not working today. It's the weather. Uh, it could be. It could just be. Or the roofies I slept in your eye. Uh, it could just be my brain doesn't work. <laughs> uh, Hashtag Cosby Show. So I, I just thought it was interesting, the, yeah, the over overlap. And, and sort of how these relationships build on each other and lead to future projects. Mm-hmm. So back to our episode, and, and we're going to get to the point of the, the episode, which is what do we do in this old woman's memory who has no family, no friends. No one to even pay for a funeral. No one to even pay for a funeral. Well, between the four of them, they scraped together some cash and got her a casket. This is around the time I... I snorted up the the coffee uh who wants to set the stage for this funeral home i'll set it so they go into the funeral home and uh, they're greeted by uh, <coughs> a guy named mr pfeiffer uh, who's uh, pfeiffer no pfeiffer the p is pronounced <laughs> he is not silent right the p is not silent right so uh um anyway eccentric uh man she uh i think she said something like uh the funeral, and that's what made you spit the coffee. It wasn't the funeral line. It was. Uh, I no, it was a Ma saying she was going to punch him in the face. Yes, it was Ma saying that she was going to punch him in the face because right. his insinuation, Mister Pfeiffer's insinuation, was that the girls were there early shopping for for Ma's casket. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the slumber chamber, which is what he called this. Six grand lined with lead, gold leaf. We don't need it for Superman. Yeah, they um they actually had him play a really excellent straight man. You know, to be like um they're like the funerals for a neighbor, and he says my condolences, and uh they're like. Oh no, we didn't like her. The whole neighborhood hates her. Right. <laughs> Ruh, how did she pass away? Rose killed her. <laughs> and he yeah. says, "Rough neighborhood." Yeah. Rough neighborhood. Rough neighborhood. That was a good line. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that that actor uh, was Tom Sharp, who played Mr. Pfeiffer. And uh, you looked him up as well, Dan. Yeah, I I thought he was um, Tom Bodet, but I was wrong again. Uh, but this guy like just does so many commercials. Goodyear tires, GE, Buick. Comp USA, uh, mostly a commercial guy. I didn't see too much to his credits. In, uh, lots and lots and lots of commercials. It actually lists him as being, uh, if you like, click on his bio a little deeper. It actually says it's the uh, DW Donor. Donor Donner. Donner? Uh, Tom's worked for the DW Donner Advertising Agency, along with Kathy Comic Strip creator Kathy Geiswhite in Detroit, and later for BBDO's office in Los Angeles. And I do think the one TV show he was a part of, uh, and I'd have to look deeper into this. I didn't look real close, but Home Improvement, I think he was involved in uh, multiple episodes of Home Improvement. Was he the neighbor? Was he Wilson? Uh, I've written down Jeff Taylor. Oh. Oh. I'm not sure. Must have been like Tim's brother or something like that. That could be. This whole... uh, 
this whole uh, um, pompous funeral director thing reminded me of a real life experience when my stepfather died and I went to, to uh, Michigan, you know, in uh, the central Michigan uh, towns, you know, Hickory Corners, Michigan. It's like 25 miles. That, that, that sounds like a... Yeah, I wrote a whole thing about this. And, and uh, I know I didn't write about the funeral part, but that's right. I would have been a big part I left out. But uh, um, so my sisters, okay, very unsophisticated, you know. Uh, um, I can't imagine somebody from Hickory's Corners, Michigan, being unsophisticated, but go on. Well, no, no, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, this guy was like the spirit of Hickory Corners, the, what's left of Hickory Corners. This was a. Uh, uh, the area, this is probably the area where, uh, uh, um, you know, the guy who um, bombed the um, Oklahoma City. Timothy um, McVeigh? Not Timothy McVeigh, but his friend. Oh, yeah. Oh. The, the guy that's not dead. Yeah. The guy that's doing life because he turned state's evidence on McVeigh. Yeah. Anyway, this is the area where these guys, oh. that guy is from. Okay. So you're talking, yeah, that's what it is. Anyway, uh, uh, um, they're my my you know half sisters are from you know Missouri. They're driving up there, you know he ends up dying, and then we have to do these funeral arrangements. And so we go to this you know cheesy place where it's just almost like this guy, and and, and uh, we've got okay, we got his veterans benefits, and then we've got you know some money that was scraped up by his drinking buddies at the Legion Hall. You know enough to put him in the ground. You know and he wants to be buried in get this Custer Cemetery, National Cemetery. There is one? Oh, yeah. 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 Again, the right-winginess of this is just through and through. Yeah. Through and through on so many levels. Well, he was a he was a cowboy or something, wasn't he? A Coca-Cola cowboy. <laughs> That's another part to it. You read this piece. No, no, I remember you telling me about it. This guy sounds great. Yeah, yeah. He does. Yeah. He sounds great. He, he is great. He was great in a way, yeah. You know, uh, hunting and fishing and uh, so having co- sex with different women uh, <laughs> was, was, was this yeah, guy's life. Yeah, a cowboy uh, means you're like not, you're like a drugstore cowboy. Not familiar with country western. Uh, yeah. Well, anyhow, uh, um, Mel Tillis. Anyhow, he, he's uh, never actually seen a horse, but um, yeah, yeah, your Coca-Cola cowboy is uh, uh, what uh, the girl rejecting uh, Mel Tillis's advantage. Well, you're just a Coca-Cola cowboy. I thought it was cowboy. somebody that would go through an A-ball on the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, uh, we're talking uh, maybe it was the 1980s. Anyhow, uh, no, that was a so, Breakman in So anyway, I'm getting to the the place where the the, the analogy or the correlation begins. It's easy to go so we're at the at this uh, cheesy place, right, where they're they're going to sell us this, you know whatever you want, however much they can get out of us <laughs> to put him in the ground. And uh, my sister, you know, elbow hits something in there and it's, watch how you have to pay for it or something like that. The guy says, you know, uh, uh, you know, it was a real insult, you know. I mean, I could, I could feel it, you know, because it was this really tacky place and this guy is just looking down his nose at my half-sister who is, you know, a person who isn't sophisticated. But, uh, you know, neither was this guy either. Right? I mean, this whole place was just so cheesy. And you know, it reminded me of this whole thing, you know, which was mm-hmm. funny, you know, on another level to me. Yeah. But, anyway. So they're being sold the $6,000 casket, but they settle on the $200 pine box, basically. Yeah. Uh, Dorothy says they're bereaved on a budget. Which I love that favorite. line. That's great. <laughs> that's some good alliteration, too. Mm-hmm. That's, that's really That good. should be the name of a 
cut rate of a discount. Uh, it should home. be. That'd be great, wouldn't budget it? Budget bereaved. Yeah, bereaved, bereaved on, on a budget. budget. Right. Yeah. I mean, I bet that would they would do business. Yeah, well, yeah. They, okay. they would make some bank. That sounds like a uh, an Etsy. Uh, business. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Etsy coffins. Oh my god! Oh my I think god. this is an untapped market, well, folks. And what, and what you this get, is a trademarked idea. Reeved on a budget, you get a box, and it's a recycled Amazon box. Oh man, this and, is brilliant! And it's uh, it's it, a pine box you get to assemble it's yourself. Paper towel lined. Yeah, but it's it's uh, it's a it's a pine box that's like all the pieces are cut out. You're just gonna follow the Xerox, kind of like a, an IKEA of coffins. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, so like they get the, they have the funeral for the woman, right? And they're sitting there in the funeral, and it's only the four of them there. Nobody else Nobody showed up. Nobody else is there. It's just the four of them. And then uh, what's what's Ma doing during it? Listening to the radio. She's listening to a baseball game. <laughs> That's the Tommy Lasorda reference. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and so they're all sitting there, and they're just like, Rose is feeling terrible. Rose, like, freaks out that, you know, that this woman's life was, was meaningless, basically. That, like, she left no impact, and no one cared about her. No one even came to her funeral, and she might as well have never existed, right? And they're about to run out of the room. Or does she do that? No, she does that after this thing's happened. I, they were just going to leave. Yeah, they're ready to go. They're ready to go. And this other woman comes in. She's like, did I miss the funeral? I have to, like, you know, I have to be here. I was friends with this woman for 60 years. And they're like, oh, would you speak? Would you speak? And they're, um, you know, she's saying wonderful things about her. She's like, this woman was so kind and generous. And people don't know because she chose to do her charitable work anonymously. And the girls are getting uncomfortable. She's like, how many hospitals and orphanage benefit? And they're more uncomfortable. And she's like, many people don't know that for 15 years she lived in a leper colony. The girls all start (laughs) crying. And then she's like, I can't even remember what the name was. She was like, Celine Bergstrom, you know, loved all mankind. (laughs) I think I called it well before it happened, too. I think I said something. Yeah, this is where she's here for the wrong person. You kind of know where that's going. Yeah, it was was pretty clear, but it was still fun. And then when she found out who it was, she kicked the coffin. She kicked the coffin, yeah. And then... Cut to the girls' kitchen, as is typical for the end of many of their shows. Oh, and I, I don't know, you probably all made note of this, but this is the second actual uh, occurrence of cheesecake on the show. Yep. Yes, there was cheesecake. Rose is drowning her sorrows two days later in cheesecake. And we go to the second season, the fourth episode. Still only two cheesecake yeah, incidents. Yeah, I, I... You know what, I think we kind of confuse the order here, too, though. Cut back to uh, funeral director Pfeiffer, and he hands the uh, well. There, oh, there's yeah. there's been a mix up. The high school kid, yeah, accidentally cremated Frida, <laughs> and so he says we can't keep her and makes we gotta quit hiring high school kids. So yeah. they got to do something with the ashes, and this is where like Rose is much maligned for for being sort of a I don't know country bumpkin or or just naive. And uh, this was a stroke of brilliance. She was crafty, yeah. Yeah. Do you want Do you want to explain what she did? Yeah, I know. I don't even remember what happened when they were in the kitchen with cheesecake. Just they were sad. I think is what happened. That Rose was sad. Yeah. Basically. Um. But basically, a couple days later, what happens is Rose comes in and she lets them all know that she scattered Frida's ashes around the roots of the oak tree in her yard, 
And then she went down to city council and told them that she had done it and that wouldn't it be a bad look for the city to disturb someone's final resting place and therefore save the oak tree from being cut down. Total pimp move. Yeah, and she felt better because it meant that her that the woman's life had had a purpose as fertilizer as As saving a tree through being you know on it (laughs) right right Mm -hmm. to which we cut to the girls stepping outside uh, of the door and looking admiring this 200 year old oak tree Mm -hmm. and the final punchline of the show is look there's a great day in paying his respects (laughs) (laughs) and of course your mama Cut to credits. And no freeze frame. It was just... Uh, they went back in the house. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. This was the uh, second occurrence I can think of where you actually see something off of the soundstage. The other was the episode about uh, Rose getting a gun, and she's in the parking garage. Yep, yep. In this episode, right after the opening credits, the first scene opens up with a car driving into the driveway of the Golden Girls' house. Really? Hmm. I missed that. I missed that, too. Good observation there. Pretty light on plot. No subplot. Dan, you really like this one. Not one of my favorites, I don't think. Well, the Uh, subplot was the the pompous funeral director. I suppose. There was, but usually there's yeah. like parallel, yeah. there's parallel there's stories. Yeah. There's only yeah. Yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was fine, it was but right. it felt flat it for me compared to some other episodes. It was thin on story, but it was funny. And yeah, was this one is, I'm, I'm just going to call it yeah. here, unless other people want to go around the table and say what they think this episode's about. This is about the power of the people <laughs> triumphing over. Something I wanted to say, and then I basically forgot about because of the content of the episode but they're sitting there with their petition right and they're like worried that it's not going to work and um you know sophia's worried about that and blanche is like we live in the greatest country of the world and right and, right, and you know right. and once we show them our petition like our democracy and process will be victorious and i'm like oh my and then it was just left there and they didn't comment yeah. on it at all and i'm like dude if that, that were made politicization that bob yeah, talks about even right. even now if that were made it would be like Ron Howard would be like, the democratic process did not triumph, <laughs> like, or something, you know, immediately. Or, or they would, like, cut to, you know, the gang, like, overthrows the government or something. Yeah. What, what, yeah. Did, uh, what did Mama say right after that? Oh, uh, the, old, the old matriarchal. She said something about her having slept with two of the commissioners, and then that's why they were going to be successful. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay, yeah. The depoliticization, depoliticization and the postmodern bent of this show this really is too an example of the collective ethos of at least the people in charge but what what happens what saves the day in the end is not collective action Mm -hmm. it's the actions of one person rose Mm -hmm. again the individual yeah so i I mean i think and and blanche who slept with somebody (laughs) it's super encompassing at the time but also like just the no groans and no like Counter narrative of democracy prevailing. Yeah. Um, and then there was just no, I was like, because of like growing up when I've grown up and the type of comedy we have now and how it's just taken for granted that everybody thinks that democracy is broken, you right. know, um, I was like, where's the joke? Right, like, I was right. waiting for the joke. I'm like, they're just going to let her say this like shit and like 
there's no joke. <laughs> like, right, no right. narrator's gonna be like, she was wrong, or, like, nobody's gonna, like, scoff at her, even. But right. in 1986, we're in the second Reagan mm. administration, so you had better think democracy was okay. <laughs> yeah. If you were part of the power structure doing shit like Well, you were, you making were a TV. communist sympathizer, probably, yeah. if you didn't, right? For like, sure. For sure. Yeah, like, even in something, like, as, like, fundamentally optimistic about, like, democracy as Parks and Rec, if someone had said something like that, it would be a joke. It would, at the very least, cut to, like, something behind them completely falling down on the ground or something like there that. There was no political irony involved. Yeah, in there was nothing. Right, there was right. no irony in it, which is so bizarre. Well, other than the Menudo, the outdoor Menudo concert being not passed. <laughs> the, the one thing that got me, though, they're living in Miami. Mm-hmm. And that was supposed to be Miami, Florida City Council meeting. <laughs> a, it was Lily White, and B, it was the size of your basement. I'm going to say the Lily Whiteness was accurate. That's probably accurate, yeah. Yeah. I, I think the Menudo concert not getting approved might have drawn more ire than the Oak Tree, actually. <laughs> you think it would have been that many people for the, for the city? It looked like the set of Night Court. It may have been the set of Night Court. <laughs> it may have literally been, Yeah. <laughs> I mean, do you think there would be that few people at the city council meeting in Miami, Florida? Uh, yeah. City council meetings, they don't people, get don't, people don't go to them. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't believe how... In, oh, anyway, go ahead. Do you think Miami Vice is a more realistic portrayal of the of life in Miami in the 1980s. Absolutely, because episode? it's at least shot on location in <laughs> Miami. <laughs> yeah. Like, but that's the only reason. I, don't know, I mean, I feel like there was, like, big stuff going on. I mean, like... I mean, there was legitimately, like, a huge... It's true that there was a huge cocaine problem and that rival cartels were murdering each other in the streets of Miami during the 1980s. Like, that right, did actually happen. But also, there was just... Alive, there was that, a huge, yeah. normal, working-class, law-abiding, yeah. uh-huh. Cuban population. Yeah. Uh-huh. And also... African-American population. Who Miami. probably wouldn't have not uh, seen that statement. Well, they probably were working ironic. two jobs, all of them, so they couldn't have gone to city council. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, it, no, it's it's a valid point that they don't show uh, people of Cuban descent or, or any kind of uh, yeah. people of color. Though, and we made comments about that. Yeah. Puerto Rican, yeah. Venezuelan. There was, like, they we did see, like, a black woman and a woman... Who could have just been like a little bit of a darker white woman, but could have been like Latina? No, I gotta say that the, the, there should be more Cubans there because the Cubans there are really politically active and right wing yeah. as fuck. Oh yeah, for yeah, sure. Also, <laughs> I bet you're right if you looked at the Miami City Council, and I might look this up just for for shits and giggles for next time. But uh, you might find uh, some maybe Diaz's or Cruz's or some. some on city council. On city council. Yeah. You mean right now or in the 80s? No, in the 80s. I, I think don't that think that possible. the Cuban population of Miami would have necessarily turned out to save the Menudo concert because Menudo are Mexican and Cubans and Mexicans fucking hate each other. No, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. So, that might be a good place to end today. And that may have been an inside joke in the, on the set. I, I feel like the, the mentioning the May Noodle concert had to be some kind of joke. Why else would they bring it up? And they, like, really focused on that kid that was getting up. I'm like, is, was this an actual member of May Noodle at the time? Yeah, Because right. there have been so many different members that I wouldn't know to recognize one except right. for Ricky Martin. So, uh, that's our episode for this <laughs> week. We hope you enjoyed it. We hope you join us next time. And we thank, thank you, you for, for being a friend. friend.